freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 270 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is how will history judge us in 2020? Mm. That's going to be a scary thing to figure out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Our guest today is A.W.R. Hawkins. A.W.R. Hawkins is an award-winning journalist at Breitbart News and also serves as a political analyst for Armed American Radio. A.W.R. Hawkins has a master's degree in U.S. history from West Texas A&M University and a Ph.D. in military history from Texas Tech University. Wow. Welcome back to the show, AWR. Uh, good to be back. Thank you very much. Absolutely. So you are obviously a student of history. Uh, I believe that gives you a unique perspective on the craziness of the year just passed. We have sacrificed individual freedoms and liberties in the name of, in air quotes, safety, too many times to count. How do you think history is going to judge us when our grandchildren someday look back on the year 2020? Uh, I don't know. 2020 was crazy. It's almost too, it's almost still too close to answer that question, but it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It'll, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I'm still, I'm still judging 2017. Uh, so that's what I mean. I mean, 2020 was nuts, but I haven't really formed an opinion on that. Uh, I'm I'm still mad at, uh, as I say, 2017, Paul Ryan not pushing the Hearing Protection Act, uh, Mitch McConnell not securing national reciprocity when we had the opportunity. And uh, those are the things that I'm still thinking about. And uh, I know as this year goes on and I look back on 2020, I'll probably be in a better place to assess what you're talking about. Absolutely. And that makes that makes good sense. You know, often when we've given some time and space uh, and then we look back, it gives us a more full view and full right. perspective. Um, yeah, I look at it as a year of uh, compliance, hmm. you know, with all this mass stuff that's going on. I mean, I got COVID. I, I, you know, I, I know that COVID's real, but I think that the uh, way the government is handling it is it's, it's going to be a year of compliance. Yeah, it's been, but then there's always, you know, both sides of the coin or both sides of the, the sword. And that is that as people were feeling the loss of freedoms, they were embracing so many, what is it? 8 million plus brand new gun owners out there right. now that's, embracing that's, yeah. a freedom. 
Right. And that's good news. Yeah, I think it was a little over 8.4 million and uh, 23 million firearms altogether estimate sold. Um, you can't beat that. And that does tell you that American mindset, the way they handle these things, they respond to these things by uh, being sure they can handle uh, their safety themselves. And that's that I'm happy that that part of being American that that was really shining through in 2020 because that's a, that's a strong characteristic. The left has tried to stomp it out. And uh, if those background checks and gun sales are any indication, they didn't stomp out anything. They didn't. And as a matter of fact, we've seen in our own personal uh, business, AZ Firearms, that there were people that came in to embrace that right and buy firearms that would ascribe to the political left. So that is going to be a tricky arena, I would think, moving forward for the, the Democratic Party to try to, to navigate that and figure out how is that going to impact them in the next election and future elections. Right. Um, do you have, have any thoughts on, on how that could perhaps play out? I mean, I think I think we emerged in uh, the November election. People didn't see it coming. We emerged doing well in the House. We gained seats when I don't think anyone thought we would. And we gained, you know, those House people that understand how elections work, uh, a House candidate doesn't run for statewide office. He or she runs for a small district in the state. And so when you get down that close to the people, it's, it's a lot harder to be pro-gun control in D.C. because you have to answer to a group of people who are uh, many times very pro-gun, and that constrains them. So I believe in 2022, we got a good chance to pick up more House seats. If we could do that, we may even pick up the majority in the House and swing this around where perhaps we don't have the Senate, but we have the House. And, of course, there's always a chance with the Senate, too. Uh, Manchin is kind of... Uh, Manchin is kind of in a key spot right now uh, because he's the one person pushing back on Democrat plans. And he has pressure on him because he has to run for re-election in two years and the people of West Virginia are diehard pro-gun. <laughs> so these, these are things in our favor, but things not in our favor are that Biden and Harris don't care. Mm. They have an agenda. And as you know, ideologues don't really care what their constituents think. Once they get power, they're going to use it. So there'll be a clash between all these groups uh, that we've just discussed, and it's going to be interesting to see how it works, but I hope it works in our favor. hope we can at least stall things until 2022 so we get more control. Do you think there's a good chance that could happen? Well, by 2022, you know what's going to happen. We saw this after Sandy Hook. The Democrats cannot. This is going to be a double negative. So people are going to go, I can't believe a writer used a double negative, but I don't really know the way to say it. Democrats cannot keep themselves from from going for everything. You know, I know that's a clumsy sentence, but we saw after Sandy Hook, they came in. We need background checks. We need they go through all these things for a situation where a stolen gun was used to kill people. So we could have passed every gun control in the world and it wouldn't have done anything. As a matter of fact, uh, the gun that was stolen was acquired legally through a background check. So we know the background check wouldn't have stopped it. We could keep going on and on. Right. But the Democrats had this goal of overreaching. They did the same thing after October 1, 2017 Las Vegas shooting. They came out and 
background checks are the North Star of our gun control push. That's what Senator Chris Murphy said. Turns out the Las Vegas shooter did what? Pass the background check for every gun he had. So if they do that kind of overreach here, I think 2022 is going to fare real good for us in the House because, as I say, you got 23 million guns sold last year. Cheryl pointed out 8.4 million of those are new gun owners and first-time gun owners. And we just need to turn gun owners into gun voters in 2022. Right. But I'm just worried, AWR, is, is if, it's, if it's too late. Uh, well, you know, I mean, what, 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 what they accomplish in the, in the next two years. Um, hopefully, they're going to stumble around and they're not going to get anything done. But uh, because it's hard to undo that once it's done well that was going to be my point i'm I'm sorry to interrupt you awr but you know when we when you say in 2017 when we the the conservatives had the house the senate the presidency we got zero done so perhaps that will be the situation for the democrats they're not like that see the the we got zero done because we had a bunch of uh I can't even give my opinion of some of these people, but we had Paul Ryan and people like him. They and they're they're placeholders. They don't understand that politics is power. The left understands that. So as soon as they get in, even even if I'm a leftist and I'm the dog catcher, I'm going to figure out a way to manipulate that publicly held office to benefit the left. Republicans largely don't think like that. They're starting to learn to think that way, but. You have to understand you occupy that office, not just to stop the left from doing what they otherwise would have done, but you occupy that office to achieve what conservatives need. And we're just now starting to think like that. Paul Ryan never thought like that. And that's why we accomplished nothing. And I say to you, Cheryl, what I'm scared of, the left does think like that. And when Biden and Harris and their group roll in, they're going to roll in with an agenda that they plan to accomplish. And uh, it it's going to be scary. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. Um, what do you see? Because you're you're an Arizona guy, you know, just like we're here in Arizona, and I we are a, a nationwide, worldwide show. Um, but what happens in one place does impact other places. So, do you know of anything that in Arizona that is a specific, either threat to our Second Amendment rights? or something that we could do specifically here in Arizona that might encourage folks that are in other states and other places um, that, you know, because so far by the grace, I think really by the work of the Arizona Citizens Defense League, largely, um, we have maintained our, our strong pro-rights constitutional stance here in the state of Arizona. Um, but then some people get apathetic and they're like, oh, but we're Arizona, so we're good, right? Right. Yeah, I think, I think that last election should shake them out of that. I mean, we we didn't have a blue wave, fortunately. I mean, I know we went that way uh, on the presidential vote, but as far as our co- legislative control and everything else, we're still where we were. And I think that we, uh, so we're in a good place there, but I think what we want to do, I'm just going to put it this way. What we don't want to do is what Georgia did. You know, Georgia elected uh, Governor Kemp, and Kemp was going to be the save-all, end-all, be-all for pro-guns. He hadn't done anything. All right, now, there are other complaints about him regarding the election, and I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about being – he came in and pulled a Paul Ryan 
and his state has just coasted. And when you coast, the left's not coasting. So they'll gain ground in that state. So I do believe that in Arizona, we're still in a good place, as you say, a great place, you might say, compared to the rest of the country. But we need to find some other things that we can accomplish. I, I would say if I were in Arizona legislature, uh, legislator, excuse me, pull together and let's get campus carry done. Let's find things like that that we can get done. Because see, the left, the left will have trouble calling the shots if they have to be on their heels playing defense. So let's put them on the defense. Campus carry exists, I believe, in 17 states, and I might be wrong, it might be 15, but it's something like that. And every time it's talked about, they tell us, oh, then we'll just have mass shootings in the classroom. I, I know Colorado adopted campus carry in 2003. I haven't, I haven't seen a shooting on a campus in Colorado since then. All right. And uh, I think there was an accidental discharge once. I think the same thing. But, you know, so we have history on our side. We have evidence on our side. And I'm pretty sure when Madison wrote the Second Amendment, he didn't say that the people have the right to keep and bear arms unless they're on the college campus. So I think we should pursue that. And that's that would be a worthy cause. Absolutely. Well, you're not only a historian, not only a Second Amendment supporter, uh, you are also in media as we are. What are you seeing as a possibility for those of us that are, you know, being caught up in this cancel culture or this uh, censorship culture? I mean, how do you think we'll be able to continue to communicate with one another? And spread our message when you know we're being deplatformed, um, or do you think there's hysteria around the deplatforming? Is it as bad as what we are hearing? I mean, I'm not. That's not really a place where I can speak with authority, except I give you my opinion. I, it seems to me to be as bad as they say because. It seems to me everybody's in cahoots. You know, you have the group that's going to take power on the 20th. Uh, the people that think just like them are limiting the opposition voices. And anyone who denies that's just not paying attention to reality. So it seems like a well-orchestrated move, in my opinion. But I also, I have faith in, uh, I don't know, something weird has happened to me over the last five or six years. I, I would have been a lot more worked up over this, but I've just kind of come to rest in Americans' ingenuity and their ability to come up with something. And, and somebody, even if for profit, and that's fine with me, even if that's their motive, somebody will come up with a platform and a way to get around these things. And uh, a whole platform that the people at Twitter and Facebook and elsewise, they can't touch. And so I don't have the knowledge to do that. And uh, I don't have the training to do that or the finances, but somebody has all of those things. And so I'm just waiting for them to pop up. Mm -hmm. No, I, I like that hopeful message. And I tend to, um, I tend to agree with you. I think that it's, it's always dangerous and, and kind of telling when one side, they, they don't want to, you know, stand and, and have open debate. Uh, they would rather shut down any um, alternate voices so that they don't have to have good ideas. Uh, I think that, that uh, that's a, a dangerous place to go, but I do agree with you that um, 
where there's a will, there's a way is maybe a little too uh, basic to say it. But over the Christmas holiday, uh, I was doing a, a, a Facebook Live talking to Second Amendment supporters. And, you know, I was saying that, okay, yeah, so we're being silenced, kind of kind of cry me a river because our origin story over Christmas, I'm a Christian. When we look back at our origin story, I mean, if you don't think that Christians were deplatformed, you know, unto death, right. uh, then, then you don't know your origin story as a Christian. And somehow that message has very strongly carried forth all these millennia. So, um, I, I think that, you know, we don't want to necessarily, you know, just clutch our pearls and be fraught with uh, worry, um, but we also don't want to put our head in the sand and go, well, it's not a big deal to be uh, silenced and deplatformed as well, so. Right on, I agree with you. I agree with you in that, but I think we have to be active. I think there's a, I don't know. I think we're too complacent sometimes. Uh, we have to be active in the right way, and so, um, I think, but like I said, I think a leader is going to have to merge on this subject or in this area. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where that person is or who that person is, but it's not me, but <laughs> nor I, Well, I agree with you because I mean, throughout history, you know, we, we've had ways to communicate when they try to shut us down, right? right? Mm -hmm. During the wars, you know, we had the, the shorthand radios, we had whatever short wave, I think you mean, yeah. and, and you had the, uh, newspaper or whatever, but there was ways they, they couldn't silence, you know, people. Mm -hmm. They tried, but they couldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some, somebody somewhere will, I do think, prevail, I hope. Um, uh, you know, maybe the carrier pigeon industry is looking for a, a boost. And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, you know, you are, you and I both are going <coughs> to be speakers at a rally coming up here in the state of Arizona on our state capitol grounds on Saturday, January 20th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Oh, what did I say? You said January. February, February 20th. Thank you for catching me on that. And um, I just wonder, you know, what, why do you think those kinds of gathering, talking about communication, why are those kinds of gatherings important? Well, they're good. They're important just because you get to share ideas and you get to, you know, communicate with people. And uh, it reminds some people that they're not by themselves. And uh, that's almost the most important aspect of it. But uh, yeah, it's, it's good. And it's, it's always good to be around people who are pro Second Amendment and uh, who, who come out without shame for that. So, you know, I, I just, it's always an encouraging event for me. Absolutely. And, you know, with the recent events that happened at the United States Capitol, we have some people who are, you know, clutching their pearls a little bit and saying, oh, my, well, we can't gather together because, you know, there was bad behavior during one time that we all gathered together. Um, what what would you say about that? I mean, that's well, this is a, this is a different deal. I mean, I can. Uh, that seems like a great generalization on whoever's part says that. I, I, uh, I think I think we got to be careful that we don't end uh, getting together and speaking because a few people in D.C. did whatever they did, and I still don't know whose side those people were on. I don't believe I'm not too confident in all the descriptions I heard, uh, but that that aside, 
just because a few people acted that way, it doesn't mean that everybody else trades their First Amendment rights. And I think that we got to watch that just as carefully as we watch our Second Amendment rights. Amen. I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Um, so if just as we start wrapping up, if you had one thing that you wanted to impart to the 8 million plus brand new gun owners out there from all areas of the political spectrum, there's independents, there's libertarians, there's uh, Democrats, there's conservatives, there's people that are politically agnostic. Um, what would you want them to know? Mm. Well, first off, they need to practice. <laughs> yes, uh, train. <laughs> you got to know where the bullet's going when you pull the trigger. That's how you'll have confidence if you have to use that gun. But second off, you do need to watch your voting pattern. Uh, so you need to practice with that gun, be confident with it. And as you uh, derive the confidence you'll get from being independent, you need to vote in a way that preserves that independence. And uh, hopefully that'll help save us in 2022. Mm, wow. Wise, wise words. Well, Mr. A.W.R. Hawkins, uh, what uh, would you tell folks is the best way for them to follow all the work that you do and, uh, uh, you know, stay in touch with you the best way we can in this weird world of, you know, communications being disrupted? Right. Well, I mean, I'm on Twitter at AWR Hawkins, but I noticed they've started skimming people off that account. Uh, so you can go to Instagram at AWR underscore Hawkins. And uh, I, I post a lot of gun videos there, a lot of self-defense videos, although they've started pulling my self-defense videos. Uh, they said they violate community standards. Uh, but uh, so I'm trying to find some way to keep that alive but that's actually the best way so uh and then if you want to read the articles i write of course i write at breitbart.com and uh, you can get there and uh, you can do a google search awr hawkins plus sign breitbart and it'll take you to a page where the uh all the things i write are listed and you can read there and that covers everything from legislation to um to gun reviews and everything else it's all right there Awesome. Thank you so much for all the work you do. Uh, Thank please you. continue the good work. And I look forward to seeing you at the state Capitol on Saturday, February 20th. Right on. We'll see you soon. Thank you very much. Thank awesome. you. Have Thank, you. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Wow. So, so Instagram mm -hmm. kind of reminds me of a mommy. Instagram reminds you of a mommy? Mommy, yeah. Why? Well, mommy is afraid of guns. So mommy thinks the best thing that she can do for her kids mm. is not let them have guns and not let them be around guns and kind of not even let them know what a gun is. Mm. Like maybe out of existence type thing. Mm. So if we don't have any guns on Instagram, mommygram, then they can't act with a gun, right? Mm. When the real fact is that people like AWR Hawkins is teaching people how to be responsible, how to use a firearm and do it safely. Mm -hmm. Whereas take mommy Instagram, mommy's kids find a gun somewhere because every once in a while they step out of mommy Instagram land mm. and they see a gun 
And now they have no idea what to do with the gun. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything. They, you know, so is that really the way to go? Teach your kids that something doesn't exist. So therefore they don't know what to do when something happens. And that's what mommy's Instagram is right now. So I feel shame on you, mommy Instagram. Shame on you. No, I, I agree with that. It's kind of that same thing. It's like, if you don't have a good side of a debate, if you don't have anything intelligent to bring to the conversation, then what are you left with? You're left with trying to squelch the argument, squelch uh, an issue, squelch a whole I idea or um, technology that you uh, disagree with, but have no real ability to um to counter with something as i said you know that's intelligent and articulate um so it's i think that's just another example of that but um so i don't know about you but if i was walking in the desert out in the middle of the desert somewhere by myself mm -hmm. and i saw a glowing green piece of goo okay. glowing glowing i mean you could feel warmth from it okay i back in the my era, we were taught about radioactive items. Okay. Things that glow yeah. and are warm okay. are things not to touch. Okay. So what about a kid nowadays that sees that green glow goo? Mm -hmm. He goes, oh, cool. Picks uh... it up, takes it home. Now the whole family. I mean, it's exaggeration, but it's not. No, I Because get your there point. is a chance. I okay? get your point. You're we, right. We need to be taught. What is right and what is wrong? Yeah. You need to know how to handle the situation. Yeah. No, that's that's an interesting. <laughs> I like how you did that. I've never found it going goo. I've 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 looked for it, but never found it. <laughs> There's some Disney movie that you had me thinking about when you were talking about the green glowing goo. What is it? Flubber. Is Flubber. Thank um, you. Yes, that's the one. <coughs> All right. Well, you know what, guys, we are in such strange times, and we. Danny and I are so appreciative that we have an opportunity to be here with you, meet with you in this way, to bring conversations with subject matter experts and just kind of, you know, pick their brain. Like, what are you thinking, especially during a time when, you know, just like AWR was saying that on Twitter, where maybe you would have been able to just in a you know, quick second, pop it up and go, Hey, I wonder what's on AWR's mind right now and see his, his feed. If they're starting to shave people off in whatever ways that is, I don't know how that, how that works, but, um, what's, it, next, though? what's next. Yeah. And it's going to be harder and harder for us possibly to meet together, uh, to learn from each other, right? So you don't like be a encouraged by each other. Yeah. So you don't like a politician, and you have a right not to like a politician. And you just say, "I don't like this guy." Well, they could sense you from that mm -hmm. because they like him, right? But what if what if you and I, you and I, all of us collectively, said that? Well, we don't like you know Jane Doe, who's a representative from whatever state. And because we don't like her and we don't like the things that we hear her say, we had some ability to cause her to be shut off. Shut she off. shut off digitally mm -hmm. on social media. So her voice was silenced. I mean, 
when you don't have a big name attached to it, and you're just looking at the behavior and looking at the, the ramifications of silencing someone, I think that that might hit us in a different place than if you say, well, Trump was silenced on Twitter. He was shut down because then people get all twisted up and mixed up in it and they go, well, he's orange man and he's bad. Or he said some things that were offensive or he said some things that I didn't like. And so if you remove the actual personality from it or the, the name that you've been um, taught or told or came up with on your own, some emotional either attachment to or, you know, revulsion of, if you remove that and you just look at the behavior and look at what's happening, it makes it a lot harder to say that that's in any way possible a reasonable thing is to cause the any voice to be silenced in that way. You know, if you believe in the First Amendment, then it, you also believe that people who say horrible and abhorrent and violent and all kinds of things, that they have a right to be, be heard, to speak. It's up to us to teach ourselves and our children and our children's children how do you interact with that information? But, you know, we Not just a, to shut them up, right. but how do you interact with that information? I agree. We, had a, we had an instance, and I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but Cheryl and I used to be on a local AM radio show way back in the day. And we had a politician on our show, a Republican politician on our show. And the director of the show, which was a very patriotic radio show, okay. told us, you have to have equal times for the other side. Hmm. So if you have a half an hour show with a politician who's a Republican, you have to have a half an hour show with a Democrat. And that was during the, the political election time. Mm -hmm. And so they said they had to have equal time for both sides. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it makes sense, although it's, it's hard because we pay for those spots. Right. But us not inviting a guest on is not silencing them. No, no, it's not. Silencing. That's a different no. kind it of a thing. But yeah. And but we try to give voice. Sides. Yeah, definitely, you know, to both sides for people to weigh out for, for themselves. But we try to give voice to people whose voices have a harder time being heard. Right. And that traditionally has not been the anti-gun liberal political side so um anyway so what are they going to do when one day they say you know what we don't want people who are pro second amendment on the wave internet wave mm -hmm. and they shut us down well i guess we will deal with that when we cross that bridge but it could but get to in, that point if we don't do something now in the about, meantime i'm not a twitter guy Right. I, mean, I have a Twitter account. Mm -hmm. I don't really use it. And I'm really kind of not doing Facebook either mm -hmm. because it's so one-sided, mm -hmm. but it's like, I, I, I don't, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? Well, and as AWR said, there probably <coughs> is something out there in development right now um, that will give, give us the opportunity. Um, 
the problem is that if we have, you know, politically liberal um, platforms, and then we have politically conservative platforms, and neither the twain shall meet, well, now we've got two massive echo chambers, rather than people truly engaging in debate and conversation. And I don't know that that is the healthiest thing. I think that it is best for us to have to figure out how to both have conversations. Yes, Absolutely. both sides. Can, you know, I mean, I would love to talk to a group of Democrats who are anti-gun. Mm -hmm. I, I really would like to talk to them. It can be private. It doesn't even have to be on the radio. Well, would you like to talk equally to a group of Republicans who are anti-gun? Yeah. Because they exist. Yeah, let's just you know say anti-gun. Right? Yeah. Because um, everybody's being slammed with what they're supposed to believe in. Mm -hmm. And so let's let's talk. Let's get below that level of all these high-ranking people saying, no, you don't think blah, blah, blah. Hey, let's stop it. So I would love to invite uh, Democrat or, or not Democrat, anti-gun people. That's what this show is all about, right? We right. engage, we educate, okay, and, and we something. inform. Yeah. And, um, you know, we do, we do hope that people find people who are super pro-gun, people who are trying to figure it out, how they feel about it, and people who think the guns shouldn't exist can all find value in the conversations we have here. And we hope so much that we never denigrate anyone for their ideas. Um, I'm sure that we've missed the mark uh, occasionally, but please know that it is in our mindset. It is in our heart and it is part of the prayer that we say together before we ever get in front of these microphones that we are treating everyone with respect and that we are just trying to to um, bring ideas forward that people can chew on and and think about and consider and take around their coffee tables and their kitchen tables and their carpools if you people still do that. You know what I pray? What do you pray? I pray that people that are against something educate themselves to make sure that the reason they're against it is a true reason and not because somebody told them they should be against it just because your mom and dad didn't like guns doesn't mean that you have to hide in a closet because you like guns mm. amen to you know? that. and that well is said. part of the problem because we you know mom and dad said this is bad this is bad or this is good this is good mm -hmm. that's and so that's all we have you know and so um i just hope that people i pray that people will get the power to make a decision on their own after they research it and mm -hmm. not just use what people told them. Absolutely. Critical thinking skills yeah. are so lacking these days. It's just that we just kind of like <clears throat> regurgitate and parrot back, uh, you know, prepackaged sound bites that we've heard, you know, someplace else on some media somewhere and, and throw them, spit them at each other. It's just, some, it's really some, disheartening. There's some democratic ideas out there mm -hmm. that, inc that I'm interested in learning about. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily agree with them because the main reason, because it's a democratic idea <laughs> and that's wrong. That's the part that I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So, but if I could get somebody to engage with me in a conversation on those things without being overpowering mm -hmm. or trying to make me convince me that, what they believe in mm -hmm, is true, mm -hmm. then I could probably be swayed to listen and 
make an educated decision. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. We have got to start wrapping up. This is the part of the show where we encourage you to go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com and binge listen to your Your heart's heart's content, content. all of the episodes that you will find there on, uh, under the, the on demand tab. And if you click on the guest tab, you will see photos and bios and links to uh, all of the works of all of the subject matter experts, all of our guests that have ever appeared on the show. It is an incredible resource, uh, and we really don't hate it when you spend some time there and share it with your friends, of course. Have those conversation starters ready at hand. Um, again, we, we just explore ideas here. We aren't browbeating anybody. We aren't forcing you to you know, be in lockstep, in mindset with uh, the things we discuss here. We hope that somewhere you, you hear something that you're, you're mentally chewing on, maybe arguing inside of yourself about, well, I don't know about what that one person said, or I don't know about that, how Cheryl phrased that thing. That is good because that means you are interacting with the information and you will come to a good solid conclusion that that sits genuinely and sits right within yourself all right well Well, i don't want you to say wrap it up anymore no because i started to start doing a rap song no you did not i was getting ready to and i go wait a minute no that's not okay that'd be ludicrous wouldn't that would be (laughs) Ah, I see what you did there. All right. Well, we are going to get on out of here. Please, we say this every week, but we mean it more so right now, I think, than than any time. Please pray for our nation. Please pray for our Our fill in in the blank. Or whatever you want to call them. Elected officials, leaders. I'm supposed to say all of them, but you know what? That's kind of like joking around, kidding around and I don't know if 2021 can have any kidding around with that. Mm. So we do need to pray for the, our representatives. All of them, even the ones you don't like. But why would that be? Why would we want to pray for the people we don't like? So that we can get them smart. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, especially. We, we, what we are doing, we want to pray that they will have the strength to listen to the other side and just just understand the needs of everyone, not just their group or their little elite few. Yeah. Well, one of the things that Dan and I pray is that God can use us well in spite of our lack, in spite of ourselves, in spite of the things we say wrong and and could have done better and those sorts of things. And so maybe that's part of it. Maybe you're praying that God can use all of us in spite of ourselves. And so those we don't like, uh, please include them in your prayer list. And uh, until next time, have a great week. Be good to each other. All of them. Be good to everybody. Be good to everybody. This is 2021, not 2020. Come on. And God bless. 